Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to part four of Joshua. Uh, We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. We actually hope that you've been enjoying this series so far as we've been going through uh, the story of Joshua and the history uh, of the Israelites. And uh, real quick, how many of you guys missed last week? Be honest. Just, Just you missed last week? Okay. So here's the thing. If you missed last week or you forgot last week, we definitely need you to go download the podcast or go grab the CD because today we are literally flipping the page. I mean, just one page over and moving right in to the next story of the Israelites' history. So I'm really excited uh, to go over that with you. And if you remember last week, um, the story of Jericho is essentially a huge victory for the Israelites. You guys remember that God essentially wanted uh, the Israelites to succeed, but he gave them kind of a weird little plan. He said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to march around the city. And of course, they had to be thinking, we're going to win a battle by marching. God's like, yes, you're going to, trust me, you're going to win a battle by marching. And if you remember, it goes very well for them, extremely successful. They take the city of Jericho, and they are on a high. They're on a whole nother level. They are just loving life. But here's the thing. Today's story is a little bit different. As a matter of fact, today's story for me is... um, One of those reminders that the Bible is true, it's one of those reminders that the Old Testament is actual history, because when you look at the history of the Israelites, you think to yourself, are you sure you want that in there? Like, because here's the thing, if you were writing the history of your life and you had the option to omit some things, you had the option to like, hey, can we just put that, let's just not tell that story. Hey, Delano, remember that one time you, yeah, we're not going to put that story in the book, okay? We're not going to put that, but here's the thing. This is actual history. It really happens, and it leads me to believe if they're going to leave that in there, it's probably for a reason, and we're going to look at the reason today, and like I was saying, if you remember last week, right now, the Israelites are on a huge high. Jericho's been defeated. They've taken, they've had this incredible experience with God, this incredible miracle, and they have won the battle. They are on top of the world. Have any of you ever been just on top of the world? Like things were going well, things were going successful. You just got a raise and, and the money's coming in. You feel, man, this is nice. Got a little extra margin in your budget. It, it, maybe you're, you were in a relationship and it was going really well. You just said, man, we haven't fought in like a week. And this is going, this is going well. Have you, have you ever had a moment where you were just on top of the world? And then it seemed like out of nowhere, just completely cut you down. It just seemed like out of nowhere, all of a sudden life just smacked you in the face. And you're like, where in the world did that come from? How, how, did, that, how did that even happen? I'll tell you a story when this happened to me. It was when um, I first, right around the time I first met my wife, Amanda. And we are about to hang out outside of church. The very first time we're hanging out outside of church. So of course, I'm excited, right? Like you get this cute girl, she's in church. We're about to hang out, spend some time. I'm looking forward to this. And I'm excited. So we decide we're going to do a little bit of a group date. And um, my wife is very active. I'm very active. She, she's a power lifter, crossfitter, beast, all extraordinaire, right? And um, so we decide, me and a friend of mine, we're going to go ahead and take these two girls, her and her friend, we're going to go take them to play racquetball. Like, this is, this is great. We're going to be out doing something physical. It's cheap. 
right? This is not an expensive date. She's going to have a good time. I'm going to have a good time. This is going to be wonderful. And mind you, it started off that way. It started off amazing. Everything's going well. I'm in the court. I'm showing off a little bit. You know, things are going good. She's in there. She's showing off a little bit. We're laughing. You got the endorphins going because you're doing physical activity. And then there is this moment. Now, I don't know if you ever played racquetball, but when you play racquetball, you're completely in an enclosed room. Anybody ever play racquetball before? I mean, there's a wall in front of you, walls on the sides of you, wall behind you, and then a roof. So you're in a closed room. You're hitting that ball. It's going every which way. It was as if time slowed down. It was as if I was in a movie and this was the slow motion scene. My, not then, but future wife is up in front of the court. I'm at the very back of the court. She had chased a ball that was in front and she just gave it her all. She hit that thing and it comes flying right back to me. I see that ball, I think, oh, this is gonna be good. And I take a swing and I connect. And it was about halfway through I realized she had not run back to the side of the court yet. And I feel the ball connect with my racket and I realize there is nothing I can do. And I just feel in my spirit, this is going to be bad. It I mean, it was just a beautiful connection. It bounces off the racket. She turns around, runs towards me, the ball square in her eye, head flip back, she hits the ground super hard. She still married me. <laughs> Things were going so well. Things were going so wonderful. And then just in a moment, things just take a turn. Have any of you felt like that before? I mean, just out of nowhere, things, maybe you've been trucking along and working on your finances, and then all of a sudden something just comes up and just completely knocks you off. And you're just like, I was on budget, everything was going well, and all of a sudden just boom, I can't, I, I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. Maybe you're working on something with your health, and things have been going well. The doctor's reports have been good. The scale has been good to you. And then all of a sudden it's just like, man, I had that one weekend, and I can't just seem to recover from that. Maybe in a relationship, it's the same type of thing. Things have been going so well, so good. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, we just can't get along anymore. It just, it just it cut out from underneath me. Now, this is the situation that we find the Israelites in. You see, right after the battle of Jericho, they decide it's time to take over another city. They decide we're going to go ahead and conquer the city of Ai. And that's where they, the rug gets just pulled out from underneath them. Let's go ahead and pick up the story. In Joshua chapter 7, verse number 2, Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Bethaven. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since, so few, since there are so few of them, don't make all of our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 from the town, excuse me, 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. They were cut down, rug pulled from underneath them. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events. And their courage melted away. You guys ever felt like that before? You felt like, man, things were going so well, and all of a sudden the courage is just melted away. They were on top of the world, and then 
they get cut down. And I believe this happened for a few different reasons. And as we look at these reasons, just be thinking about how in your situation, maybe you are on top or maybe unfortunately you're in that situation where you're on the bottom, where the rug has been pulled out from underneath you. But as we look at the situation, just think, do any of these apply to the situation that I'm going through? Could this be something that I could work on? The first one is this, is I believe that they were advised by wrong counsel. You see, not once in the meeting to go attack AI. Was there a guy in the back? Yeah, excuse me, Joshua? Yeah, you, in the back. Um, shouldn't we consult the Lord on this? Like, we're about, we, we, we just had this incredible miracle in Jericho. Shouldn't we actually talk to him first? Before? No, no, sit down, sit down. We're gonna go do this. We're gonna go take care of this thing. Okay, you, you ever feel like political leaders fall into this? trap a little bit. Now, doesn't matter where you lean, left or right. Doesn't matter where you lean politically, all right? Does not matter. But if we're taking an honest look at some of our political leaders, it's almost as if they surround themselves with people who tell them exactly what they want to hear. And then they go and do something, and you're like, didn't anybody tell you that wasn't a good idea? Did anybody tell you that, that, that maybe you should have thought about it from a different angle? Did it, didn't anybody advise you that, hey, we've tried that once before and it completely failed? And, and, and maybe in the situation that you're in, maybe you're, you're, you're feeling like, you know what? When I think about the advice that I've gotten, when I think about, uh, uh, about the situation I'm in, is there anybody around me that's there to challenge me? Is there anybody around me to, to say, hey, you know what, maybe you should think twice about this, or hey, maybe you should think about this type of perspective? And I would encourage us to say, hey, let's be open. Let's be opening to listening to wise counsel. Number two, the reason I believe they were cut down is uh, they overestimated their own ability. Did you guys catch that? You almost caught that tone when you read the verse. You almost caught that tone when you read the scripture. I'm going to read it for you again. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy at the town of Ai. And this is what his spies said. There's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or 3,000 men to attack. And then they double down on it. Since there are so few of them, don't make all the people to struggle to go up there. So only approximately 3,000 warriors were sent. They overestimated their ability. And, and, and you're thinking to yourself, Okay, guys, don't you remember what just happened? Literally one page before. Don't you? They didn't have it all written down yet. But don't you remember what just happened? One page before. God was the one who won the battle for you. God was the one who advised you and told you where to go and what to do. God was the one who gave you victory. Shouldn't, shouldn't we lean into him? Shouldn't we lean towards him? No. We got this. God, you take a break. We're going to bring 3,000 of us. We're going to handle business. We totally got this taken care of. They overestimated their own abilities. Like, okay, guys, take a step back. You guys marched, right? You guys were given clear instruction. You guys spent seven days marching. Let's not get too confident, okay? Let's not get too cocky while we're at the top. It reminds me of um, this story. We were actually just at camp, as you guys saw the video. And uh, I'm about to call out some of my youth here. So uh, during camp, they open up this paintball field, which is a ton of fun because when you go out there, you're literally in the middle of the woods. 
You're out in the woods and they, they, they barreled off just a small zone for you to play in, but it's all, I mean, rocks and woods and you're just out there and you're just having a great time. But without fail, every single year, I'm one of the few adults who's out there. I get paired with some of my kids, some kids from other youth groups. And I promise you, there's always one or two kids. They don't want to get shot. They go out there and they're like, hey, I'm going to be a sniper. And what that really means is I'm going to go hide at the base. And then when we win, I'm going to jump in the celebration. And that kid will come back. He's got no dust on him. He's got no paint on him. His thing is completely full. He hasn't even shot anything. Even if he wanted to, he couldn't even reach the other side because he's still at the base. The gun doesn't even go that far, right? The Israelites were like that kid coming back and saying, we won. We got it. No, you were hiding at the base the whole time. Yeah, I, I, I know you were obedient. I know you did some work, but let's not get too confident in our own ability. It reminds me of the proverb, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before the fall. And if I'm completely honest with you, I know I've felt that. Things are going really well, and uh, I believed it was because of me. I believed it was because of my own skill set. I believed it was because of something that I'd done, and I forgot. No, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. If he doesn't breathe out, I don't breathe in. Number three is this, is I think they underestimated the consequences of their sin. You see, there's a, a part of the story that I left out that I want to share with you right now. Essentially, when they took over the city of Jericho, as we learned last week, they were given very clear instruction. The Israelites were given very, very clear instruction. God told them, look, when you guys take over the city, when you take over everything, you leave everything dedicated to me. It's not for you. It's not for you to get richer. I want you to leave everything dedicated to me. Matter of fact, I'll read it for you. Joshua 6, verse number 17. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things. Say devoted things. So that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking away uh, any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Very clear. Very clear instructions. And then all of a sudden, that guy. How many of you know that guy? You guys know I work with most of your teenagers. Most of your teenagers are that guy. Does not, does not matter what event we're doing. I tell them, hey, make sure you don't take the go-kart and ram your brother into the wall. I blink, open my eyes, rammed into the wall. That guy, no instruction. Unfortunately, that guy's name is Aiken. And this is what happened. He decided, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to go ahead and take some of that. You know what? There's so much stuff here, it's not going to matter if I take any of it. There's so much stuff here, nobody will notice. Matter of fact, I got a great hiding spot in my house, not that big of a deal. And as a result, this is what happened. Joshua chapter 7, verse 11. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I have commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. Say, devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them in their own possessions. That is why... Israelites cannot stand against their enemies 
They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. You see, it's easy to underestimate the consequences of our sin. It's easy to underestimate the things in life that are devoted to our destruction. See, because I can only imagine that this was probably not, and, and I can't, obviously I don't know his full history, but I can only imagine this was probably not the first time Achan had pulled something like this, right? It was not as if he was probably somebody of super high moral character and then one day decided to disobey a direct commandment from the Lord. And, and here's one of the things that I don't want us to underestimate about sin. Every time we give in to some of those small things, every time we give in to some of the things that we won't get caught for, anytime we give in to something like that, it erodes away at our consciousness, making it easier and easier to give in. You've all experienced that when you've uh, been at the restaurant, right? You have one bite of cake. Isn't it way easier to destroy that whole cake by yourself? This is why all diets start on Monday, right? Because on Friday, we messed up the, the diet. We had one bad meal. We could easily jump back on the diet. I, trust me, I am guilty of this. My wife will tell you, when I fall off the wagon, I jump off the wagon. I miss one, I, I have one bad meal Friday night. Then the meal after that Friday, I'm like, well, I already messed up. I might as well have more of this. Saturday morning, well, I already messed up. I might as well have the bacon and the syrup and the egg. I might as well have it. Saturday afternoon, diet starts Monday. It becomes so easy to make the wrong. And this is why we should never underestimate the consequences of our sin. Now, luckily, the story doesn't end there. And Joshua displays an incredible example of what we are to do if we ever find ourselves in the same position. If we ever find ourselves in a position where life is just good, things are going amazing, and all of a sudden we get cut down, and we find ourselves at the bottom, we're asking God, God, how did I get here? Joshua displays an incredible example. The first thing that Joshua does is this, is he restarts the conversation with God. He restarts the conversation with God. It's amazing how in my sin, after it's committed, I tend to isolate myself. Anybody ever feel that way before me? You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe some of those people aren't in church today because, because, because they're, 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 they're in the middle of it. And we felt, trust me, we've heard that before, which drives us crazy, just so you know. Anybody who, who's in ministry will feel the same way. We'll hear somebody will fall off the wagon, whatever it is, and I'm not talking about diet, but whatever the, the sin that they struggle with in their life, and, 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 and they'll fall off the wagon, and they'll all of a sudden say, hey, you know what, I really need to get back to church, but let me just get things back in order before I go back to church because I feel God's mad at me. I'm like, that's the first place you should go. This is like telling your personal trainer you need to lose weight before you buy any sessions from him. This is like telling your doctor you need to get healthy, or, or, or hey, I need to get better before I make an appointment with you. You're just like, no, this is the first thing you should, and this was Joshua's first reaction, and this is the first thing that we can learn from, is that when we're on the bottom, when things are going rough, and when things ha have been taken from us, and when we have been cut down, whether just by life or by a decision of our own, we need to restart the conversation with God. Joshua chapter 7, verse number 6, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, which represented where God was, remaining there until evening. He didn't move. 
He stayed there. He said, God, I'm restarting this conversation with you. I know we have messed up. I know we have done wrong. But instead of isolating, I am going to run towards you. Number two is this, is we need to discover the root of the problem. I want to read Joshua chapter 7, verse 11 and 12 for you again. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen, they have lied, they have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. You see, for them, it could have been easy for them to think, oh, maybe we should have brought 4,000. Maybe instead of 3,000, we should have brought 4,000 men. Maybe we could have just fought a little harder. Maybe we could have tried just a little bit harder. And had they had gone into the next battle with that mindset, they would not have gotten to the root of the problem. And so we need to ask ourselves the question, when it comes to our life, what's the root of what we're going through? What is the root of what's causing this? Maybe for some of us, it's a lustful heart. We struggle with that. And we do certain things to try to help, but we're not getting to the root of the problem. Maybe for some of us, it's discontentment with our lives, causing us to spend. And we get on a budget, and we're trying, and we're trying, and we're trying. But we never fully get to the root of the discontentment. Maybe we aren't fully trusting God, and so we're constantly trying to force things into our life. I know I felt that way, where I was supposed to be trusting God, I was supposed to be being patient, but instead I just tried to manipulate things and switch things and make moves to make things work out for me. And instead, I should have been patient. I should have been trusting a little bit more and leaning a little bit more on God. And then number three, and lastly, is this is we need to ruthlessly deal with the sin because that's what Joshua did. Now, in the story, and I won't read it for you because it's a little bit, it's, it's one of those stories that's a little bit rough to, to, and, and Christians can sometimes struggle with it. Let me just let you know, um, there's context involved. There's a lot of things involved that uh, don't make me necessarily as uncomfortable with this story. But essentially what ends up happening is Achan loses his life over this incident. Joshua gets all of Israel together. Can you imagine how long that took? This is before email. This is before texting. This is before everything. He gets all of Israel together and he opens up and he explains to them, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happened. We need to deal with this. Can you imagine how much work that took? And then finally, somebody just calls out, hey, hey, it was Achan. It was that guy. He's the one who did it. It was all him. And because of it, he lost his life. Because of it, some of his family members lost their lives. And like I said, I know sometimes it's tough for us to deal with that. And we'll actually talk a little bit more about those moments in the Old Testament that we struggle with next week. But just uh, the, 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 the thing I want to get you to see is this, is that it was ruthlessly dealt with. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and kill somebody. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm not telling you some kind of swift justice. Do I need to kill my ex-husband? No, that's not what I'm saying. But, <laughs> don't hear what I'm not saying, but... When it comes to our lives and our personal sin, we need to take it very seriously. We need to deal ruthlessly with it. I know that I deal with it in my personal struggle with pornography. Now, got quiet in here. That's okay. <laughs> you said a bad word in church. Something I've struggled with since I was a teenager. And 
I made a decision when I was young. I was told this same thing. Hey, Delano, you need to take this seriously. Delano, this is something that you struggle with. We all struggle with things, but this is something that you need to take seriously, put certain systems and guidelines in place so that you don't even get close to the edge. And that's what I've done. I, I don't have my phone on me, but if you were looking at my phone, I don't have any internet access on my phone. Matter of fact, I don't even have the code on my phone to really do anything. My wife has that. Why? Because I don't trust myself. I can't, I, can't, I can't be trusted with it. Every laptop that I have access to has accountability software. As a matter of fact, um, my internet history gets emailed to my boss and my wife every single Monday. Every website that I've ever visited, everything that I've ever clicked on, a whole list of it gets emailed to them. You guys want to hear a funny story? We may need to cut this out of the podcast. Or the, yeah, the podcast. Um, <laughs> so on Father's Day, you know, we do catering for, for, for all the dads, and we're always looking for something that's, that's, that's easy, but the dads are going to enjoy, so this is fine balance. And in the past, we've had Spanky's Hot Dogs cater um, for us. <laughs> see where this is going. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to get a hold of them. They're under new management, so they can't take, um, they can't take our order. They can't do it. So, so I'm like, you know what? But hot dogs are so good because they're quick. The dads love them. We get them in and out. Like it just works so well for us. They feel blessed. It's, it's wonderful. So I go to Google and I type in Livermore hot dogs. My accountability software is a bling, 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 bling. And it emails my boss. It emails Amanda and said, hey, you may want to talk to Delano Araya about his current web search, Livermore Hot Dog. <laughs> is it inconvenient? Yes. Is it embarrassing sometimes? Absolutely. Is it worth it? 100%. 100% worth it. There's another gentleman I know in the church who shared this with me. He's gotten very serious um, about the sin that he was struggling with. And I know that he will avoid certain neighborhoods and towns in the Bay Area because that's where his drug dealers are. He won't even go through those neighborhoods. Why? Because it's too much for him. Why even go near it? I'm going to deal ruthlessly with this sin. And I don't know what you might be going through. I don't know what might be going on in your life. But whatever the thing is, like Joshua, let's take it seriously. Let's set up certain boundaries and guidelines and guardrails in our lives so that we're no longer struggling with that. Let's deal with the root of that. Now, here's the thing. Joshua does display an incredible model for us, for something that we'll most likely go through if we're not already currently going through it. He displays an incredible model step-by-step step of what we're supposed to do. But here's the hope that I want you to have. Here's the hope in the God that you serve. Colossians 2 says this, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. I understand that a lot of times when we've been cut down, a lot of times, maybe it's a result of our own decisions like the Israelites, our own uh, overconfidence, our own laziness and not seeking wise counsel, our, our, our own overestimation of our own abilities. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in that situation. But when we're there, I know the struggle is tough. 
I know the temptation to isolate and try to fix everything ourselves is there. But I want to leave you with this encouragement. Yes, we restart the conversation with God. And with God's help, we discover the root of the problem. And with his strength, we ruthlessly deal with the sin. And if you find yourself in the position, just remember the amazing God that you serve. The amazing God that tells you this. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Let me go ahead and pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that in the love letter that you sent to us in the Bible, you left all of Israel's history in it. You didn't just leave the success. You didn't just leave the best parts, because that's what we would have done. But God, you left the failures. You left the shortcomings. Because the truth is, we're all imperfect before you. The truth is, we all miss the mark sometimes. But God, we thank you that you're a loving God. We thank you that you're right there waiting to restart the conversation with us. God, so with, for everyone who's in here this morning, whether they're on top of the world or whether the rug's been pulled out from under them, I pray that their first reaction is to look to you. And God, when we're at the bottom, remind us how much you love us so that our first reaction now becomes to turn directly to you. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. Thank you guys so much for your attention this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.